Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Well, I think this room is pretty good. So Peyton, if you guys remember, we moved to a new house and we're about to do some remodel. So right now we are all living in one big area. And if you can hear Oreo breathing, <laughs> um, that is our dog. Okay, stick it under. Peyton's sticking her feet under Oreo because she gets to share a room with Peyton right now. And I know you're confused because I just said we don't, she doesn't have a room. She's, we're all sharing one area. Well, we ordered a really big tent and it's so cute and we put it downstairs and it's almost like you have your own floor, huh? It's like you have your own wing. So Peyton has string lights and little twinkle lights (laughs) and she has her own room and it's a tent. And I have a feeling that you're going to really, like, want this in the room. (laughs) But I think that we're going to put it outside, and I think it's going to be, like, your outdoor room. I'm so sad that you guys are almost... Um, I don't know. Let's see. Oh, there's a bug. Hold on. Well, so anyways, it's cute. Peyton has her own room. Oreo. Actually, (laughs) Peyton and Oreo have their own room. Oreo's getting special treatment, like the little princess she is, because she doesn't really get a lot of attention, huh? All right, so let's get into it. Chapter 9, A Series of Unfortunate Events, Book the Second, The Reptile Room. Chapter 9, When Violet opened the enormous door of the reptile room, the reptiles were still in their cages, the books were still on their shelves, and the morning sun was still streaming through the the glass walls, but the place simply wasn't the same. Even though Dr. Lucafont had removed Uncle Monty's body, the reptile room was not very inviting as it used to be. You know what? Hold on. I'm going to go shut the door to the laundry room. The reptile room was not as inviting as it used to be, and it probably never would be. But what happens in a certain place can stain your feelings for that location, just as an ink stain on a white sheet. You can wash it, wash it, and still never get what, forget what has transpired. A word which means happened and made everybody sad. I don't want to go in, Klaus said. Uncle Monty died in here. I know we don't want to be here, Violet said. But we have work to do. Work, Klaus said. What work? Violet gritted her teeth. We have work to do, she said. That Mr. Poe should be doing. But as usual, he's well-intentioned, but of of no real help. Klaus and Sunny sighed as she spoke out loud a sentiment all three siblings had never said, but always felt since Mr. Poe had taken over the affairs. Mr. Poe didn't believe that Stefano and Count Olaf are the same person, and he believed that Uncle Monty's death was an accident. We have to prove to him we have to prove him wrong on both accounts. But Stefano doesn't have the tattoo, Klaus pointed out, and Dr. Lucafont found the venom of the Mamba and do mall and Monty's veins. I know, I know, said Violet impatiently. The three of us know the truth, but in order to convince the adults, we have to find evidence and proof of Stefano's plan. If only we found evidence and proof earlier, Klaus said gloomily. 
Then maybe we could have saved Uncle Monty's life. Well, we'll never know about that, Violet said quietly. She looked around the reptile room, which Monty had worked on his whole life. But if we put Stefano behind bars as a murderer, we'll at least be able to prevent him from harming anyone else, including us, Klaus pointed out. Including us, Violet agreed. Now, Klaus find Klaus find all of Monkey Mon, Uncle Monty's. <laughs> now Klaus find all of Monty's books that might may, might contain information about the Mamba du Mall. Let me know when you find anything. But all the research could take all that research could take days. Klaus said, looking at Monty's considerably large library. Well, we don't have days, Violet said firmly. We don't even have hours. At five o'clock, the Prospero leaves Hazy Harbor, and Stefano is going to do everything he can to make sure that we're on that ship. And if we end up alone in Peru with him... All right, all right, Klaus said. Let's get started. Here, you take this book. I'm not taking any book, Violet said. While you're in the library, I'm going, to, I'm going up in Stefano's room to see if I can find any clues. Alone, Klaus asked in his room? I will be perfectly safe, Violet said. Although she knew nothing of the kind, get cracking on the books, Klaus. Oh my goodness, Oreo! That was just her breathing. <laughs> Sunny, watch the door and bite anything who tries to get in. And Ackroyd, Sunny said, which probably meant something like Roger. Do you know what Roger means? Got yes. it. Yeah. Like, yep, got it. Understood. Violet left, and her true word left. Violet left, and true to her words, Sunny sat near the door with her teeth bared. Klaus walked to the far end of the room where the library was, carefully avoiding the aisle where the poisonous stinks were kept. He didn't even want to. He didn't even want to look at the Mamba Mall or any of the other de- deadly reptiles, even though Klaus knew that Uncle Monty's death was the fault of Stefano's and not really of a snake. He could not bear to look at the reptile who had put an end to his. Ha- into the happy times that he and his sisters had enjoyed. Klaus sighed and opened a book, and as so many other times in the middle of the when the middle Baudelaire child did not want to think of his circumstances, he began to read. In it is now necessary for me to to use rather heckened phrase, meanwhile, back at the ranch. The word heckened here means used to, used by so, so many writers, and all the time Lemony Snicket uses it is a tiresome cliche. And meanwhile, back at the ranch, is a phrase used to link what's going on on one part of the story and what's going on to another part of the story. And it has nothing to do with the cows and the horses or any people who work at the rural areas of the ranches or even with ranch dressing, which is a creamy and which is creamy and put on salads. I know. It is not creamy. <laughs> it is creamy, but I don't like it either. Here, the phrase meanwhile back at the ranch watery refers to what Violet was doing while Klaus and Sunny were in the reptile room. For as Klaus began to research in Uncle Monty's library and Sunny guarded the door with her sharp teeth, Violet was up to something and I'm sure it will be the it, it will be of interest to you. Oreo, what are you doing? Oreo, what are you doing? Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Violet went to listen to the, at the kitchen door, trying to catch what the adults were saying. As I'm sure you know, the key to good eavesdropping is not to get caught, and Violet moved as quietly as she could, trying not to step on any creaky parts of the floor. 
When Violet reached to the door of the kitchen, she took her hair ribbon out of her pocket and dropped it on the floor. So, if anybody were to open the door, she could claim that she was kneeling down to pick it up. Rather than eavesdropping, this was a trick that she had learned when she was very small, when she would listen to her parents in, her, in the bedroom at the door to hear what they might be planning for her birthday. And, like all good tricks, it still worked. But... Mr. Poe, if Stefano rides with me in the car and you drive with Mr. Dr. Montgomery in the Jeep, Mr. Lucafont was saying, then how will you know the way? I see your point, Mr. Poe said, but I don't think Sonny will be willing to sit on Dr. Montgomery's lap if he's dead. Well, we'll have to work out another way. I've got it, said Stefano. I will drive the children in Luke, Dr. Lucafont's car, and Dr. Lucafont can go with you in Dr. Montgomery's, in Dr. Montgomery's Jeep. I'm afraid that won't work, Dr. Lucafont said gravely. The city laws won't allow anybody else to drive my car. And we haven't even begun to discuss the issue of the children's luggage, Mr. Poe said. Violet stood up, having heard enough to know that she had enough time to go up to Stefano's room. Quietly, quietly, Violet walked up the staircase and down the hallway towards Stefano's door, where he had sat where he had sat holding the knife that fearsome night. When she reached his door, Violet stopped. It was amazing, she thought, how everything had, having to do with Count Olaf was still frightening. He was such a terrible person that merely the sight of his bedroom door could still get her heart pounding. Violet found herself half hoping that Stefano would be bound up in the stairs and to stop her, would bound up the stairs to stop her just so she wouldn't have to open his door and go into his room where he slept. Oh, little puppy's trying to get in. <laughs> Should we let him in? Okay, hold on, buddy. But just then, Violet thought of her own safety and the safety of her two siblings. If one's safety is threatened, one often finds courage and one didn't, one didn't know one had, and the eldest Baudelaire found she could brave, be brave enough to open the door. Her shoulder still aching from the car collision, Violet turned to the turned the brass handle of the door and walked inside. The room, as Violet suspected, was a dirty mess. He was only there for a day. How was it that dirty? I know, right? The bed was unmade and had a crack had cracker crumbs and bits all over it. Discarded newspaper and mail order catalogs lie on the floor in untidy piles. On top of the dresser was a small assortment of half-empty wine bottles. The closet door was open, revealing a bunch of rusty wire clothes hangers that shivered in the drafty room. The curtains over the windows were all bunched up and encrusted with some something flaky. <clears throat> and as Violet drew closer, she realized with a faint horror that Stefano had blown his nose with them. But although it was disgusting, hardened phlegm was not the sort of evidence that Violet was hoping for. The eldest Baudelaire orphan stood in the center of the room and surveyed the sticky, disordered bedroom. Everything was in horrendous, and everything was horrendous. Nothing was helpful. But Violet rubbed her sore shoulder and remembered that, that she and her siblings were living with Count Olaf and found themselves locked in a tower room. Although it was frightening to be trapped in her inner, sanct inner sanctum, a phrase which means a filthy room which evil plans are devised. It turned out to be quite useful because they were able to read up on the nuptial laws and work their way out of the predicament. 
But here, in Stefano's inner sanctum, at Uncle Monty's house, all Violet could find were signs of uncleanliness. Somewhere, Stefano must have left a trail of evidence that Violet could find and use for evidence for Mr. Poe. But where was it? Disheartened and afraid she had to spend too much time in Stefano's bedroom, Violet went quietly back downstairs. No, 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 Mr. Poe was saying when she stopped to listen at the door. Dr. Montgomery can't drive. He's dead. There must be a way to do this. I've told you over and over, Stefano said. Violet could tell that he was growing angry. The easiest way for me to take the three children into town is, is for me to take the tr- three children into town while you follow Dr. Lucafont with the corpse. What could be simpler? Perhaps you're right, Mr. Poe said with a sigh, and Violet hurried to the reptile room. Klaus, Klaus, she, Klaus, Klaus, she cried. Tell me you found something. I went to Stefano's room, but there's nothing that, in there to help us. And I think Stefano's going to get us alone in his car. Klaus smiled for an answer and began to read out loud. The Mamba du Mal, he cried, is one of the deadliest snake in the hemisphere. Noted for its strangulatory grip, it's used in conjunction with its deadly venom when given all of its victims' tenebrous hue, which is ghastly to behold. Strangulatory conjunction? Tenbrous? Hugh? Violet repeated. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I didn't either, Klaus admitted, until I looked some words up. Strangulatory means he has to do with strangling, and conjunction means together, and tenbrous means dark, and hue means color. So the mamba is noted for strangling people while it bites them, leaving their corpse dark with bruises. Stop, stop, Violet cried covering her ears. I don't want to hear any more about what's happening to Uncle Monty. No, you don't understand, Klaus said gently. That isn't what happened to Uncle Monty. But Dr. Lucafont said that there's venom from the Mamba Dumal in Monty's veins, she said. Well, I'm sure that there was, Klaus said, but the snake didn't put it there. If it had to be, if it had, Uncle Monty's body would have been dark with bruises, but you and I remember that it was pale as can be. Violet started to speak, then stopped, remembering the pale, pale face of Uncle Monty when they discovered him. That's true, she said. But then how was he poisoned? Remember how Uncle Monty kept the venom in his poisonous snake in the test tube to study them? Klaus said, I think Stefano took the venom and injected it into Uncle Monty. Really? Violet shuddered. That's awful. Oh, keepy, said Sonny, apparently in agreement. When we tell Mr. Poe about this, Klaus said confidently, Stefano will be arrested for Uncle Monty's murder and sent to jail. No longer will he try to whisk us away to Peru or threaten us with knives or make us carry his suitcase or anything like that. Violet looked at her brother and her eyes wide with excitement. Suitcase, she said. His suitcase. What are you talking about, Klaus said quizzically. And Violet was about to explain when there was a knock at the door. Come in, Violet Violet, calling signal to Sonny not to bite Mr. Poe as he walked in. I hope you're feeling a bit calmer, Mr. Poe said, looking at each of the children in turn and no longer entertaining the thought that that Stefano is Count Olaf. When Mr. Poe used the word entertaining, what he meant was thinking rather than singing or dancing or putting on a skit. Even if he's not Count Olaf, Klaus said carefully, we think he may be responsible for Uncle Monty's death. Nonsense, said Mr. Poe as Violet shook her head at her brother. Uncle Monty's death was a terrible accident and nothing more. Klaus held up the book he was reading. But while you were in the kitchen, I was reading about snakes, and Reading about snakes, said Mr. Poe. I think that you'd, you'd want to read about anything but snakes after what happened to Dr. Montgomery. But I found something out, Klaus said. 
Klaus said that it doesn't matter what you found out about snakes, Mr. Poe said, taking the handkerchief out, taking out a handkerchief. The Baudelaire's waited as he coughed into it before returning it to his pocket. It doesn't matter, he said, what you found about snakes. Stefano doesn't know anything about snakes. He told us that himself. But Klaus said as he stopped when he saw Violet, she shook her head at him again and just slightly. It was a signal telling him not to say anything more to Mr. Poe. He looked at his sister and then at Mr. Poe and shut his mouth. Mr. Poe coughed slightly into his handkerchief and looked at his wristwatch. Now that we have settled the matter, there is the issue of riding in the car. I know that the three of you are eager to see the inside of the doctor's automobile, but we've discussed it over and over, and there's simply no way we can work it out. You three are going to ride with Stefano into town, while I will ride with Dr. Lucafont and your Uncle Monty. Stefano and Dr. Lucafont are unloading all of the bags now, and we will leave in a few minutes. If you'll excuse me, I have to call the herpetological society and tell them the bad news. Mr. Poe coughed once more into the handkerchief and left the room. Why don't you want to tell Mr. Poe what I read, Klaus said. Klaus asked Violet when he was sure Mr. Poe was out of earshot. A word here which meant close enough to hear him. She was looking through the glass of wall of the reptile room, watching Dr. Lucafont and Stefano walk past the snake hedges and Uncle Monty's Jeep. Stefano opened the Jeep, and Dr. Lucafont began to carry the suitcases out of the back seat into, the strangely, into his strangely stiff hands. Violet, why don't you want me to tell Mr. Poe what I read? When the adults come to fetch us, Violet said, ignoring Klaus's question, keep them in the reptile room until I get back. But how do I do that? Klaus said. Create a distraction, Violet answered impatiently, still looking out the window while piles of suitcases Dr. Lucafont was making. What distraction? Klaus said anxiously. How? Uh, for goodness sake, Klaus, his older sister replied, you have read hundreds of books. Surely you must have read something about creating a distraction. Klaus thought for a second. In order to win the Trojan War, he said the ancient Greek soldiers had inside of an enormous had to hide inside of an enormous wooden horse. That was sort of a distraction, but I don't have to I don't have time to build a wooden horse. Then you'll have time to think of something else, said Violet, and he be, she began to walk towards the door, still gazing into the window. Klaus said Sunny looked first at her sister and then out the window of the reptile room in the distant in the direction that she was looking. It's remarkable that different people will have different thoughts when they're looking at the same thing. For when two young Baudelaire's looked at the pile of suitcases, all they thought was that was unless they did something quickly, they were going to end up alone in Uncle Almonte's Jeep with, with Stefano. But from that, from the way Violet was, was staring as she walked out of the reptile room, she was obviously thinking something else. Klaus and Sonny could not imagine what it was, but somehow their sister had reached a different conclusion as she looked at her own brown suitcase, or perhaps the beige one that, that held Klaus's things, or the tiny gray one that was Sonny's, or maybe the large black one with the, the shiny silver padlock that belonged to Stefano. And Peyton is asleep. Oreo will not stop snoring. So I think we're going to end for the night because this is all driving me a little bit wonka doodly crazy. Okay, bye.